0: Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome to Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs, episode 36, The Immaculate Ranking. Ooh. I will explain that in a moment, but first, I'm Sarah D. Munting and I'm here with my co-host, Mark Blankenship. Hello, Mark. Why, hello. Uh, Mark's birthday is coming up, I believe, the day after we dropped this episode. That is, is correct. That right? And so we decided, inspired by um, the inspiring suggestion of a Twitter user, Douglas Talbot, Fine name, Uh, it is my middle name, in case anyone wants to steal my identity, good (laughs) luck, there's a ton of debt. Uh, How about an all immaculate collection episode Uh, was his suggestion and we thought between the fact that it's Mark's birthday and the fact that both of us had always wanted to rank this album in order of desirability and joy, Without exactly having known that we wanted to do that, I, for one, did not realize how deeply I was excited about doing this until I could not stop doing it in my head at random times, like in the shower or sitting on the train. Like, where should I put Justify My Love? Because there's a lot of issues around it. (laughs) Anyway... That is what we are doing this week. Uh, We will be ranking the tracks of Madonna's Immaculate Collection, 17 tracks in all. We're gonna go in track order and give our rankings. uh, First place track gets 17 points, second place gets 16, and so on. Once we're done with that, Mark is gonna do some arithmetic, thank Godfully. I should not be (laughs) in charge of that. And then we will give you the top and bottom three. And then the great, sad, unwashed metal, I guess. We'll have to do a follow-up episode. Or rank GHV2. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying that's not going to happen. Uh, I am saying it's probably not going to happen this calendar year, but January. You
1: never know. Yeah. There are slots to fill.
0: Could get crazy. Okay, so before we start, Mark, do you have any overall album patented Blankenship Fun Factoids?
1: Girl, you know I do. Mm-hmm. I live, and I have to tell you, first I'm going to give you some Mark Blankenship factoids. <laughs> I have, this album is so deeply stitched into my being that
0: it, it, before
1: we sat down to really prepare for this project, before I sat down to really prepare, I don't know how long it had been since I just listened to this album as an album.
0: Yeah, it had been a while. It had been some minutes.
1: Because these songs have just become such a constant part of my life. I'm kind of always singing them in my head. Or I'll just select, you know, oh, I want to hear whatever, Open Your Heart Today or something. But it was such a joy to go back and listen to this album just start to finish. And it was a reminder to me of something I say consistently, which is Madonna has not been a superstar for over 30 years because she was controversial and changed her hairstyle. Yeah. She has been a superstar because of songs like the ones on this album. I feel like it really was like remembering why you care about something that you've not taken for granted but just haven't consciously thought about in a long time. Yeah. And even having seen <clears throat> Madonna recently, I've in concert and all of that and we obviously did an episode about her Our third episode was about her. Yes, we
0: did. I'm shocked it took us that long.
1: I've really been thinking about her newer music more recently. And to go back and hear these original hits was incredible. And I do want to tell you that when I was in sixth grade, I would take the... So, like, you remember... I don't know if you did this in elementary school, but you would set up your Trapper Keeper so that no one could see your work if you were taking a test.
0: Oh. That's what we did. Okay. Well,
1: I would similarly take the cassette of the Immaculate Collection and unfold the accordion insert of the tape just so that I could see all of the pictures of Madonna, like wearing okay. the, little, the little hat and the like, clown blouse and all that. And I would okay. just set them up and, as a little fence around the back of my desk in sixth grade and just look at them. Because wow. I was in a class that sort of encouraged you to be yourself uh-huh. when I was in sixth grade. So that's how I did that. This was also the period when I would stay inside from recess to practice voguing. Okay. And I was given free reign to do that. So God bless you, Mrs. Ellis.
0: Oh my gosh, this elementary school sounds It was loser. great. Yeah. Um,
1: anyway, so that's that's how deep we go here. And as we said before the record started, I think I've heard every song on this album minimum 300 times in yeah. my life. And that's minimum.
0: Me too. Because this came out, I'm going to say it was, a, it was my freshman year in college. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm interested to hear as we go through this album, our differing takes on like, the way that these tunes are baked into our lives. Mm -hmm. Because when Madonna first got, like, unbelievably huge, I was already in middle school. Mm -hmm. So it just might be a different, like, the way that I think about, I don't know, Journey might be your take on Madonna. Like, that there's going to be some seventh grade dance shit I have that you don't, but then it also might be flipped. So I'm interested to see The reason I feel like
1: it it might... But except that Madonna has never stopped being a constant in my life so that I have so many memories connected to all of these songs that the starting point for us might be different. But then at this point, it's also like, well, I have really strong memories of Into the Groove from like two years ago.
0: (laughs) So I'm excited to talk about the whole. And then I'm also like as a, you know, feminist who always like admired her and like feared her a little. Yes. And then also was kicked out of a store in Greenwich Village so that she could shop. Are
1: you kidding? Kidding me? I would be
0: delighted to be kicked I, out of that store. Oh, my gosh. And I didn't even see that it was her. And our esteemed colleague, John Ramos, was like, how could you not tell that it was her? Oh, no. Our friend Estelle was like, how could you not tell that it was her? And John, who is taller than I am, is like, Sarah's a foot taller than Madonna. Like, how is she supposed to tell who that is from the part of her hair? Right. From, from above? She is so little. Oh, but... You, like, you know this... Um, like intellectually, right, that this is not a imposing person like size wise but it was still like, oh, but yeah, this, this is, is someone, someone who as a
1: f- she's she just never project projected you know? in front of us this as someone is who is human sized anyway, like no, no, the people who not. detract her detractors and her fans both only talk about her in these sort of archetypal terms
0: well, and that like greco Roman size, I forget which episode I was pretending. Seal sewing about the like Roman conception of the god is like glowing and 10 feet tall. Oh, That's Beyonce, not- I
1: think. Yes, yes,
0: probably. That sounds right. All right. Um, the last enough- thing I have to share
1: though is uh, you might remember that I have the 45 of Scandals the Warrior framed in I my sure apartment. Do. Just above it is the 45 of Material Girl, which I bought with my own money mm-hmm. when I was five. So the song was popular in early '85. I was six. I paid my own money when I was six years old to wow. to buy that forty five. So that's how deep we go. Okay. Oh my god. Oh, and uh, fun fact also, this album is Madonna's best selling album. It's one of the best selling albums in the history of popular music. It has sold over thirty million copies worldwide. I'm shocked.
0: It's that few, frankly. Serious. by now,
2: honestly, it might I be think
0: more. I have owned it in like two different media, and then the CD like melted in the car, and I had to buy it again. Or like I had a car CD and a dorm room CD. Yep.
1: I had it on tape and on CD, too. Couldn't, well,
0: couldn't be without my girl.
1: But before we really get started, I do want to say that this episode, like last week's episode, is sponsored uh, by Uptown Transcription. Are you dictating your political manifesto, your memoirs, or even your holiday newsletter? Do you need a lecture, speech, or interview transcribed? Shira at Uptown Transcription can rock that fat dictation for you for as little as $1 per recorded minute. So contact Uptown Transcription at Uptown Transcription at gmail.com for more information. Boom.
0: Yes. And um, I'm sure there's some delightfully smooth segue into the first track on the Immaculate Collection. Uh, if you
1: wanted to say, take a holiday from doing your own transcribing.
0: Yes. Shira is here for you, unless she also is on holiday. But holiday. It's the very first track. Let's listen to a little clip. Let's do That song, I love that song. It is the perfect opening to this album, too. It's cheery. It's sunny. It's just a classic, like, semi-precious pop gem. Like, it's not perfect, but it's unpretentious. It doesn't task her voice too much, which is something I'm going to be talking about from time to time. I think Madonna would be the second or third to tell you that her voice is not legendary. Although Um, she
1: sounded amazing on the Rebel Heart tour, I'll just say that she sounded
0: good on the Music tour too. But you're right. But
1: she's never going to be Adele or whatever. No, she's not, and she's
0: not trying to be. Like sometimes, well, I don't know. Sometimes she is. We will get into that later in our uh, in our list. But um, yeah, it's like still so danceable and singable, and it's like yeah, like radio stations play it before like a long weekend still but it's not annoying it's not like that everybody's working for the weekend song where you're like oh my god kill me (laughs) like it's it's a really good song it really holds up and it's so smart to put it right up top here
1: and this was her very first single that reached the charts it was not her first single that she ever released that was everybody but this was her debut on the charts it peaked at number 16 which is so interesting to think that her first song did not reach the top 10 as 38 other of her songs would do, making her the artist with the most time she hits in history. I don't think
0: history. this one had, like for most of the others in this beginning, like early to mid-80s part of the album, I can visualize the video without having to check myself. Holiday, I don't remember. Well, because the there wasn't one. one. I mean, okay, there is one well, that
1: you can find online, but there was never a video for this song that played on TV. Right. And uh, it's interesting though, because Holiday is a song that is still played in concert. Madonna sings this song live all the time. Mm -hmm. I remember when I want to say it was when the music album came out and she was doing in stores. Mm -hmm. She would do four tracks for music and Holiday. She's Mm -hmm. done it, I think, on almost every tour. It it seems to be a song that she goes back to time and again, and I think it's probably for the two of the reasons that you just mentioned. One, it's not a huge vocal strain, and it's really really simple and fun. So if you want to end your show, your voice is tired and you want people to feel good, Holiday. Yeah. Why not? You just
0: like point the mic out into <laughs> Madison Square Garden. For Everything instance. would be okay. Well, or have, have naked men like somersaulting over hay bales. Yes. For instance. Yes. God, that was such a great show.
1: That was the first Madonna concert that I actually saw. Wow. That tour. Yeah. Oh my God, it was so great. I remember in Atlanta. Hey. So I, uh, I also think it's worth pointing out that when this song was released, there was this is uh, also a song called. Let the Music Play by Shannon, that was mm-hmm. popular at the time. Let the music play. Oh, sure. Yeah. So those two songs were thought to signal the arrival of a new type of melodic dance music that was going to be the evolution of disco, which okay. is accurate because it was 83. Yeah, But as and that always, is sort of
0: where Madonna evolved from in one sense.
1: But as always, there were people at the time who were like, is Shannon going to be the one who makes it or Madonna? And then later people would say, is it Cyndi Lauper or Madonna? Because people always want to write her off. But, you know, Shannon, hey girl, I do love your one song, but Holiday really was the launch of something big. I
0: hope you know how to tie. Although you still hear that song on. Well, true. Yeah.
1: But here's the thing, Sarah. This is a testament to how much I love every song, save one, which we'll get to later, on the Immaculate Collection. I'm only giving this two points. I love this song so much, but to me, it is, because it is so simple, I find that it is... It would never be the. If you told me that I could only listen to. So you to,
0: have the sixteenth out of seventeen.
1: Yeah, and I love it. Wow. Like it's number sixteen out of seventeen, oh. and I love it. But it's just because it is so simple. I would just never choose it first, and it gosh. is that that. But again, like that's what I'm saying.
0: That's these are the choices, listeners. I don't know oh if gosh. you
1: really grasp. How much time I have spent moving I, these do- that these tiles around? And we
0: refuse to talk about the episode before the episode, so each of us is finding out the other one's rankings. Like right now. now, and there's going to be a lot of gasping, and there might also maybe be some like kick fighting. I'm not sure it's gonna happen.
1: Double dragon.
0: That's yes, Mark and Sarah slap fight about songs. Um, so that's that's my ranking though. And I, again, interesting because I was feeling like by putting it at number five mm-hmm. that I was gonna get clocked. For that. For a it big too
1: low? Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: But I mean, I feel ways about certain things. So, Holiday is getting 13 points from me. All right. It's at number five.
1: Now, next, that brings, that brings us to you. the first song that Madonna charted that she was credited for writing, which is okay. Lucky Star. Which means that Madonna herself, she's the sole writer credited on that track. So she's the one who gave us the line, shine your heavenly body tonight. Mm-hmm. And for that, that was her Emily Dickinson moment, I guess, as a lyricist.
0: <laughs> sure. Emily someone.
1: Oh, and uh, I don't think, no, we're not going to be playing you a clip of Lucky Star because we, honestly, this, this episode is yeah. already going to be long. So. Seriously. This <laughs> is like the
0: Nicholas Magilby of Mastis episodes. But yes, <laughs> no, we do not, do not have a uh, Lucky Star clip.
1: But I would love to know your thoughts on, oh, also, it's worth noting, uh, although it is uh, chronologically second on the Immaculate Collection, it was actually her, Borderline was released between Holiday and Lucky Star, like in the the arc of Madonna's career. But this song peaked at number four on the Billboard chart, so it was her first top five hit. Oh, wait, no. (gasps) Wait, hold on. I think I got that wrong. Carry on. Talk to me about the song while I look that up. I'm
0: talking to you about Lucky Star right yes, now. Yes, we're talking about Lucky line. Star. Okay. Um, this one I don't think has aged quite as well. It's very of its era, which is not a bad thing. Um, like the bass twanging and that backing vocal. Um, this video I do remember. Mm, um, of course, but yeah. it doesn't. it doesn't show her voice well. The video is, I don't like it. It's like not, she doesn't look, great. It's just a weird video. Um, But with all of that said, there is still something very winning about this song that like she's still very young and not quite like she's still on the up Mm -hmm. slope um, of that roller coaster of fame. And the fact that she does sound a little cat yowly sometimes Mm -hmm. is like not, it's not the worst. Like there's something about the fact that it's only like a B. Right. That I that I like. And also we've been living with this song like again at the DNA level for a while. Yeah. So yeah, I didn't I didn't give it a great great rating. It's at number eight for me, right in the middle. So So 10 wait, how points. many points is that? That is ten points for Lucky Star.
1: And I gave it eight points. Also so basically nice. right in the middle for me. I kind of love it's
0: it's it's like it's like the song,
1: um it's like one of those classic old Christmas songs, like Oh Holy Night or something. Do I like this song? I don't, I've don't. i known it for so yeah, long. I don't it's know. Like, it, 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 who, who knows if I like it? It's I, like of liking I like your it, family.
0: But. Like, it's family. What what like? But of course, <laughs> I also could
1: sing every word, and it does bring me oh, pleasure. Yeah. But it's certainly in the middle for me. And it was her second top ten hit, I uh, can confirm. I don't know okay. why I doubted myself. I literally play a game, and Joe Reed can testify this, where... I just run through the chronological order of her songs on the Billboard chart just for fun. So, of course, I knew it was her second hit. Anyway, eight (laughs) points for me, and that was ten points from you, I believe you said?
0: Correct. All right. That is correct.
1: Next is Madonna's first top ten hit, which peaked at number ten, but I feel has far outlasted that rather lowly ranking, uh, and that is Borderline, a song that, again, talking about the music video, when she spray paints that column... In the artist studio, or when she's doing the bridge in the beginning on the street, and like she's really got that great arc in her back because she's fully back in the bridge. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, totally. Oh, of course, okay. you're like, of course I do. Yeah. Or When she, when they want her to put that stupid hat on, and she's like, no. Anyway. Yeah. I've lived this with is, that.
0: This is actually a great. This is one of her great videos. Like, we'll we'll get to some of the like legendary videos later, of course. But this is like my favorite of her. Early ones. Yeah, yeah. It's cause
1: the story is so good and she's so winning And it, and it also yeah.
0: sets up a whole lot of
1: stuff that is consistent for her, which is Madonna being re- refusing to do what the man in the video tells her to do.
0: Yes, that is a that is consistent. Let's uh listen to a clip before we talk about our rankings. Let's do. Time to
2: understand, understand I'm, I'm so
0: <laughs> like the song
2: like I'm
0: Yeah. I didn't rank this very high. <gasps> I feel like oh my it's, god With (laughs) like, I love the video and like, if this comes on the radio, I'm not going to turn it off. There's like maybe two songs on this whole album that I'm like, nah, I can't. And even those two, like, it depends. Exactly.
1: It's really about ranking your like children.
0: Yeah. This one is a number 13 child, five points.
2: Mm -hmm. I think
0: it's even more 80s than Lucky Star. And she sounds like her tone is not good. She sounds really shouty. Um... It's almost impossible, as we've said, to, like, assess the relative worth for real of the song because its longevity, like, sometimes that is proof of Mm -hmm. quality. But I feel like we don't necessarily need both Lucky Star and Borderline. (laughs) And if I, if, if it were Sadie's choice, I would, I would... Kill Borderline. Ladies, <laughs> that oh, that just went to a really Sarah, tacky place. Sarah, you must place. assassinate
1: one song, one top ten single from Madonna's debut album, <laughs> and it's
0: Borderline. And
1: Kevin Klein is watching to make sure you do it.
0: Oh God! You know, Bless okay.
1: So again, I
0: put this song
1: fourth, huh. Like of the whole album.
2: Okay. And
1: for me, okay. it, I don't. Here's the thing: it is a little shouty, but for me, the melody of this song is so effing intoxicating and the clip that we heard the just
0: try to understand yeah she does sound pretty good there I just
1: love the melody of this song and I love this super dated and yet completely winning bubbly synths underneath I don't
0: mind that and I, I do like this about this song that she continues on this album and like throughout her career to do like songs that like I don't know how to put this, but like she's singing about like young love or feeling Mm -hmm. insecure. And it's right around here or like two tracks later that that just becomes completely non-credible. But here you still buy it. Like she's still really young. She's what? 22, 24 at this point? Let's see.
1: She was born in 1958. This song was popular in 1984. So okay, she so... would have been, twi- She would, but it was early 84. So she would have been 25.
0: Okay. So, but she still is like a little bit of baby fad and she yeah. isn't quite like the Madonna look that we all tried with varying levels of parental permission to copy was like still a little bit ad hoc and not as like TM. Well, this was um, also
1: before her career was in response to her career. You know yeah. what I mean? There was yeah. nothing for her that nothing had come before this. So there was nothing to respond to in any way. So she's
0: at tiny furniture, Lena Dunham. Yes. And not girls, Lena Dunham. It,
1: perfect example. Yeah. Yes.
0: And Lena Dunham, you are welcome. <laughs> yeah, exactly, Who else going to make that comparison? So that's, uh, that's
1: five points from you, but 14 points from me.
0: Wow. It's getting wacky. I know.
1: So next we get to the song that I I think you can almost inarguably say moved Madonna from being a singer with a few hits to being an icon.
0: Madonna. Which is Like a
1: Virgin, which was her first number one single. It was number one for six weeks. It was written by Billy Steinberg and Tom Kelly, who wrote, among other songs, Sarah, these two guys wrote Like a Virgin. They wrote Alone for Heart. Wow. They wrote, um, they wrote uh, I Touch Myself for The Divinals. Wow. They wrote "Eternal Flame." Oh my god! And I'm almost certain that they wrote um, they wrote one of Pat Benatar's songs. I want to say that they wrote maybe "Invincible," the song that was on the Oh yeah, Billie Jean. the
0: Legend of Billie Jean. But like the oh, and they fire. also
1: they wrote "I Drove All Night" and "True Colors" for okay. Cyndi Lauper. So they're they're like a force to be reckoned with. And this song. Like everything else. Sadly,
0: both accidentally killed when a stack of money toppled over and crushed them both. Just kidding. They could still be alive. Billy Steinberg actually had
1: a hit uh, that he wrote for Demi Lovato just a few years ago. Oh, Still kicking it. This song was also produced by Niall Rogers of Chic, who were, if you are obsessive listeners of this podcast, the band who created the song that was number one on the day that I was
0: born. Mm -hmm. So it all
1: comes full circle. So Sarah, thoughts on LAV?
0: L.A.V., okay, with respect for the fact that it made the moral majority lose their fucking minds. And, of course, her performance of it at the VMAs Mm -hmm. that year, which was like, um, I think it's not legal for us to watch it now, like, as adults. But it was just like, she was just magnetizing. Like, Mm -hmm. you could not not look at her. As for the song itself, I never really responded to the song as a song, and I still kind of don't. I don't, and here's where we should probably mention that a number of these songs uh, are different from their album versions or from the radio edits. There are Immaculate Collection remixes. right? Usually I am a. Like, usually I'm more of a fan of, like, the original version than of the Immaculate remix. This, in this case, it does make, like, a virgin sound more authoritative, like it sweetened up the bass or Mm -hmm. something. (sighs) I mean, God bless it for its historical importance, but this is 11th for me, seven points.
1: And I actually am giving it even fewer points than you. I'm only giving it four points. Okay. Because it's like, yeah, this song, it, this is a song that, of again, like, of course I know every word. I like the song just fine.
0: But to me, this is a tough, song. Tough to sing it in the car at a stoplight. I will tell you that. Yes, <laughs> And it is a tough one. Tough I, sell. Again, this
1: song does give me pleasure. But it's almost like, this song is almost at this point for me more of a moment in the Madonna Museum than it is a song that I like to listen to, if you know yeah. what I mean. How many points you said? I'm sorry, how many points was that for you? Point 0.7. 7
0: that points. in 11th place for 7
1: me. points from you and 4 points from me. Okay. Next, we have the song that gave Madonna her nickname and only peaked at number 2 despite sounding like it despite seeming in retrospect like it should have been a number 1 song. Material Girl. Oh man. And let's listen to a clip of that before we yes, move forward. Yes, let's. Robert Wall at the beginning of this music video.
0: And isn't there Caradine? Oh yeah.
1: And rest- it, Ke- Keith David, one of them.
0: It's not David. It's, it's the other one. Yeah.
1: Keith Carradine. yeah, as her lover in a pickup truck.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, here's here's the thing. T- this song may not be that good qua song. I don't care. <laughs> this feminist adores this song. And my favorite part about it, I think, is this cute pop quote joke that the real joke is that it's not a joke she doesn't need no pennies from no boy or from anyone else because Madge the fucking boss and that's <laughs> one of many things that I love about her and she looks so great in this video and it's just so smart and fun and she's like this is where she's right in the center of her taking her job and image extremely seriously but not herself so much mm-hmm. lane uh I just like I watched this video and I still want to be her when I grow up. This is number three on the album for me. Fifteen points.
1: Wow! Nice. Yeah. Um. So this is third to last for me. Three wow. points. Now again, again, I I bought this when I was a child. It's framed on my wall in my house, yeah. as you know. But for me, and this is the most idiosyncratic thing. If you hadn't thing. spent
0: money on the frame, it would be a dead last. So <laughs> what you trying to say? No.
1: Sarah, this is the most idiosyncratic, weirdest thing. And I hope that those of you at home who, when you hear me say this, don't have the song ruined for you. But now when I hear the song, all I can hear in the chorus is this weird alien language where she goes, And I am a material girl. Like, I I can't hear it as I am a material girl. I just hear I am a material girl. girl. Like, a mama is this weird word that she's invented, and I find it so fucking distracting that I can't really listen to this song in the same way ever again. That's legit. That's that's where, I'm that's where my truth is this at is today. This is what
0: happens. It's like, excuse me while I kiss this guy. Like, okay, once you hear that, that's how you always hear it.
1: But lo- what Sorry, I will say Jimmy. to you also, with the exceptions of the songs that are in my first and last place, check back with me in six months, and these rankings might all be completely different, if okay. I'm being honest with you. But today... On this day, at this time of my heart, three points only for material girl.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm not surprised to hear that. I was surprised at myself that it ended <laughs> up that it ended up charting this high.
1: You were like Sarah, let's look at ourselves in the mirror. No, I hear you, mm-hmm. and you're like, and I. That's actually what you guys can't see is that Sarah is wearing a uh, pink floor-length ball gown right now mm-hmm. in homage to the video.
0: Well, it's Sunday.
1: Yeah, it's <laughs> right. where's yours? Jesus.
0: It's under this silk wrap! Oh, <laughs> Last under this time stole. I invite you over for Pink Sunday.
1: So next on the countdown is Madonna's second number one single, the song that knocked We Are the World off of the top of the <laughs> charts. And Someone had to do It was the first time, although certainly not the last time, that she released a song that was not available on an album. It was on the soundtrack for the movie Vision Quest. I should say not available on one of her studio albums and was her first true ballad to hit the chart because i don't really consider borderline to be a true ballad that is of course crazy for you
0: mm-hmm. do we are we playing a clip of that uh, No. we are no, not
1: we're not so i'm just going to tell you right now Because that
0: sarah could not with that shit
1: i'm going to um it's walk over better than over. the gambler though i see you through the smoky air and i can feel the weight of your angry <laughs> stare <laughs> about this song i think
0: <laughs> so i will say my ranking is actually like not that not that angry.
1: I, I'm well. Then I'll, I'll kick it off because I think that we're very different. I've got it third of all. Okay. I love Crazy for You. Like I love it. I love it so much. I said that some of my other rankings can change. The only thing that might change for me for Crazy for You, it's now it's in third. It might be in second or fourth, but it's certainly one of my all-time favorite Madonna songs. Interesting. One of the things I love, I love the lyrics. I love the specificity of the lyrics. I love. The, the complete story that we t- are told about her being in this club and seeing this person and moving through the smoky air. And I love one of my favorite Madonna vocal ad libs is when she at the end, she goes, I'm crazy, crazy for you. And I just, I might say that to you tomorrow, tonight, at Christmas, anytime. So crazy yeah. for you to me, it, it's just such a perfect Shuffling like shuffle ballad, like you like the the it has that shuffle to it, and that's my heart, and I give it
0: fifteen points. Wow. Okay. Mine It takes me back to the seventh grade dance, like literally to the actual seventh grade dance <laughs> of school. This was the slow dance for a year and a mm-hmm. half. Um I was already this big by the time I was in seventh grade. It was it was not a it was a dark time for the Cerebellion. So it's not it's not good. Uh, not that I am eager to shade any song that brought us so much shirtless Modine. <laughs> hey, birthday mate! Um, in the video, but I had reached saturation point with this joint by like October of '85, and I just.
1: You know what? I take back what I said earlier. Or, no, this is the your prophecy coming true. Because of our ages, I never felt like this song got saturated for me. Yeah. I didn't even can. know this song until I was a little older. Yeah. Like, I missed it completely because I was, like, in second grade, and what the hell did right. I Right.
0: And the song, like, the song itself is good. She's in good form, like, her performance. And, like, there is another song of hers in this on this movie soundtrack, The Gambler, which sounds like it was the first take and not in any of those good spontaneous ways, yeah. but just in like... It's kind of like that episode someone's of Someone's ripping Simpsons. out her pubic hair one by one, like, <laughs> girl, just... It's
1: like that episode of The Simpsons where Krusty the Clown comes in and he reads all of his lines for the Krusty doll and leaves before they've even put the tape in the machine. Yeah. That's what The Gambler sounds like to me.
0: Oh, God. Brutal. Um, Yeah, I think the song is actually fine. And like, sitting with it again... um. This is one that, like, if I heard it on the radio, the opening chords, I would probably have changed the station, but, you know, I am a professional, sat through the whole thing and was like, oh, this is better than I remember. Still not great. Right in the middle, number nine, nine points.
1: All right. I'm going to say, too, that I feel like this is a song for me, nine points for you, 15 for me. Uh, this is a song for me that I feel like deserves a um, a remake by a contemporary artist.
0: Oh, yeah. Because the build of the song,
1: but inter- it's is interesting great. to hear though, how our life experience has changed, yeah, us. yeah,
0: because I think if that weren't the case or if it had been like some other slow slow jam in mm-hmm. seventh and eighth grade, that this would be I would think better of this one, yeah, but I don't moving on,
1: moving on well, next, we have a song that never appeared on a Madonna studio album, and in fact, the Immaculate Collection was the first album that made it possible for someone to own it because it was also never officially released as a single. The only time that you could ever get your hands on Into the Groove was if you bought the 45 of the song Angel, which was a single from the Like a Virgin album because it was the Mm B-side. Into the Groove was never released as a single in the United States. It was a big hit all over the world, but never given the opportunity here to become a hit. And yet, wisely enough, I think... The powers that be at Warner Music or whatever decided that they wanted this song from the soundtrack of Desperately Seeking Susan. Which
0: is why I bought the CD, because I already had all the other cassettes, sort yep. of.
1: But and yet, we needed to have Into the Groove. So, uh, and I will just say before I kick it to you, I cannot think of this song without thinking of the moment in the video, which is a scene from Desperately Seeking Susan where she turns up the nozzle on the hand dryer to dry her armpits. Mm-hmm. Sarah, I, I leave it
0: to you. <laughs> okay. This may not be my all-time favorite Madonna break, but it is in the top three. Desperately Seeking Susan is the first movie I went to see in the theater by myself, like with a friend, but no parents. Mm-hmm. It's kind of shocking that that was only a PG-13. I feel like we saw a lot of Arquette boobs in that movie. Anyway, her jacket is goddamn everything, and someone who is listening, if you can find me someone on Etsy who makes the Desperately Seeking Susan jacket, want. (laughs) This song is goddamn everything. Great beat, confident, relatable, fits her voice perfectly, sweet bridge... This remix isn't as good as what I remember of the radio cut. Like, they have this extended bit in the middle that is like, this is not necessary with the, like, Casio piano jam. But the song itself is bulletproof. I'm not sure my ranking is going to be bulletproof, but let's just put it out there with no Secret Service protection. Number one. Whoa. 17 motherfucking points.
1: Whoa. Throwing it up and throwing it down. Mm-hmm. I honor you, Sarah.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, we're we're in close accord on uh, okay.
1: into the groove. I
0: I was getting some eyebrows that made me think that you were going to be like two points. Like no, Oh God.
1: God, no! I am a I'm not a monster for God's sake. <laughs> uh, I Are give we animals? so wait. This would make it number one, two, three for me. This is number five. Okay, so I'm giving it thirteen points. It is flawless. Mm-hmm. I mean, just the bridge, the now I know you're
2: mine. Oh, I
1: know I, that alone would put it in the top ten. And then, only when I'm dancing can I feel this free. At night, I lock the The doors doors so no one else else can see. see. I do that. I I did it today, Mm -hmm. tomorrow, next week. If you Mm -hmm. can't find me, if I'm not answering your email, maybe I lock the door, shaking my shit. So, 13 points from me. 17 points from Sarah. Mm -hmm. I'm going to just make a bold prediction that when we get to our final tally, we will be hearing again from Ms. Into the Groove. (laughs) Ms. Ms. Susan. Uh, Okay, now that takes us from Into the Groove. We come to... Another of Madonna's number one hits, uh, this was also on the soundtrack to a movie called At Close Range, which mm-hmm. at the time starred her then-husband, Sean Penn, mm-hmm. and featured the first really big image change for Madonna in the, uh-huh. the soft hair, the, the soft makeup. Well, Laura
0: Ashley, mutton <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Seriously, that oh. Laura Ashley discount rack dress oh, that she wore. I know. And that is Live to Tell. I did call for a clip from this, so let's listen to that for just a second. Yes. Still gets me. Like, not only is this video in the pantheon of soundtrack cuts that made a movie look good because a female was running away from a crane shot, like Diane Lane was also doing in I Can Dream About You from Streets of Fire. Yes. You're welcome for that little trick. Dan Hartman's I I, Can Dream About You. I need to find a third example of that. This one was (laughs) Mary Stuart Masterson. Anyway, um, I always love, like, there's something about reset Madge, like that first track out of like here's the reset, like I brought the blonde down a little, and here's what's gonna happen right now. or
1: now I'm doing slinky r and b with secret, mm-hmm. okay, like,
0: uh-huh, like belly button ring, look out <laughs> there's yeah, there's always something about like that first um single she has out of the gate after a reset that I think is great um the other thing is that her attempts at Balladry can feel calculated and not. Like, felt. Um, probably or maybe because she doesn't exactly have the voice to carry a stripped down arrangement, um, which this isn't really. There's mm-hmm. a fair amount of orchestral push. But this doesn't feel. It feels very sincere and not vain. And Such I. Such a good way it. of putting it. I adore this song. I've always adored it. I, it puts me in this sort of like bittersweet, daydreamy headspace that i enjoy um, i had this at number 2 16 points
1: nice i yeah. agree with you and i want to get real dramaturgical uh, for a moment on this song one yes, of the reasons i love do. this song so much and oh my god i love this song the 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 moment of it's not exactly silence but there's a moment of absence where madonna disappears and we just hear these spacey uh-huh. keyboard sounds and that's when she says, right after she says, if I live to tell the secret I knew then, will I ever have the chance again? And right. then it's she vanishes. And then after what seems like a long time, especially for a radio single, finally she returns and says, if, if I, I ran, ran away, away, I never, never had the, the strength
0: to go very far. And so
1: it actually, the structure of the song suggests that she tried to leave the right. song. And I, I actually get weirdly moved even talking about it right now. I but know. That, I find that incredibly beautiful. It's like... Like you said, it's a, it's it's so unpretentious and so honest feeling. It's like, yeah. she, whatever it is that she doesn't want to talk about, she tried to leave and then realized that she couldn't. Yeah. And I just love that the song reflects that in its structure. And don't even get me started on the chorus of this song because it's just so beautiful. And yeah. I put this song, I gave this song 12 points. So okay. another high ranking. So that's 16 for you and 12 for me. Very good. Next, we have a song that enraged people of all faiths and stripes, as Madonna songs were wont to do, and mm-hmm. were always wont to do. Uh, it, the video features uh, Di- Danny Aiello as her dad, and a, what I think of as a very famous Madonna look, which is the T-shirt that says "Italians Do It Better." Right. But then also the look in the, the cutaways, Breton stripe. Yes.
0: Uh huh. Little Audrey.
1: Sure. This is this is a song, unsurprisingly, that Madonna does not sing in concert anymore because it would be ridiculous for a woman nearing 60 to sing about being a teenage, uh, about her teenage pregnancy. But this is Papa Don't Preach. And I believe that I called for a clip of Papa Don't Preach. So let's let's kick it. Now I'm actually giving this song, uh, relative to the other songs, a low rating. But the reason that I chose the selection that I chose is just to demonstrate how strong this album is. Because to me, the one you want me all about her vocal there is so great, and I, I know. love the like the rock growl that she does, and that the melody is so great. And then when she t- and we're in an awful mess, and I don't mean maybe. So good, and the storytelling is so clever. It really is. And it's really only because something has to go near the bottom that I put Papa Don't Preach near the bottom. Uh, My husband does an amazing karaoke version of this where during the the instrumental break, he shoves a jacket up under his sweater and gives birth to it. It's one of the reasons I fell in love with him. (laughs) So I'm only giving this song five points, but again, ask me in
0: six months because this song is incredible. And again, there's just something had to go down there. Um, I was surprised listening back to this one that I ranked it as high as I did, but this is surprisingly good storytelling. Like even for her, Mm. because like usually lyrically she can be a little, I don't know what the word is. Volatile, Mm. Mm -hmm. um, variable, something with a V.
1: Yes. Uh, music makes the bourgeoisie and the rebel, not an Emily Dickinson moment moment. Yeah. For instance.
0: Uh, but, like, as far as pop craftsmanship, she's, she's tough to beat. But this is, like, the melodramatic bridge, even. Like, it totally works with the um, subject matter. She really sells it. I absolutely believe that this or something like it did happen to her. Mm. And what occurred to me, once I, would like, figured this out for myself, I sort of couldn't stop thinking about it. This is a, the heart of a country song, nestled in the like on the dark velvet of 80s pop that is so true it's just like a like it's a full complete narrative um it's not totally humorless about itself uh i had this number six actually Mm. 12 points i was surprised it came in that high but there were also um a couple that i forgot I really hated. So yay, Papa Don't Preach. You're number six.
1: Well, also, I feel like it's worth pointing out not that I would ever, not that I would be the first. Or I mean, I understand million.
0: why she. It's very sing alongable too. Yeah. I get why she can't perform it anymore, but it's too bad because I wouldn't good be. Job. Honestly,
1: I would cut her some slack. Like I want to hear Papa Don't Preach, girl. Just yeah, tolerate. But I just think it's also worth pointing out that as controversial as she is, she keeps the baby. So you know yeah. what, y'all. She's made up her mind. All right. Uh, Next is a song that i oh i'm not going to give anything away we're just going to say this is another song that reached number one for madonna it was the third number one single from her true blue album the song true blue was a number three hit that came in between uh uh this song and the last single from this album but true blue like many other of her hits from the 80s not on the immaculate collection that's a story for another day this song <laughs> was originally intended by its writers for the aforementioned cindy lopper but i think that the right choice was made to give it to madonna the video features uh some weird peep show stuff and it's open your heart so let's just take a listen to open your heart before we go Do you hold the lock or do you hold the key?
0: Um, I hold a blowtorch that's going to melt all that shit down. I've never liked the song. I still don't like the song. I don't buy it, except for the part where she's like, there's something I want, don't try to resist me. I buy that 110%. There's just something... The video is creepy to me, that doesn't help. But it's the song itself that it's like, aurally relentless it's like glare but in my ears mm. i don't like it two points sorry
1: oh i put it second
0: <gasps>
1: i love this song almost in a way that i can't even see it anymore. oh i'm so sorry oh guys listen that's fine this is the journey I'm my heart to... is closed but i i would like to hear more about i'm glad we didn't talk about it in advance
0: i <laughs> oh, used God. to
1: line up my stuffed <clears throat> animals and sing this to them. Oh! I can remember very clearly. Carrots, my primary rabbit, would always get the center seat.
2: Mm-hmm. I primary think that the rabbit. the
1: relentlessness of this song actually for me is one of the reasons I love it. I okay. love the driving force of it. I love the the. I, I just think that there's something so great about her deciding that she has to have this guy, and she's not going to let him off the hook. There's just something about it that I, I've always responded to. It It feels like passion to me. The melody is also just so great. I love singing along to it. There's something so nice. It's also, to me, one of Madonna's truer rock songs. It has more of a rock tinge than a lot of her other singles, and I really like it for that. And I, I just... In the clip I selected, for instance, well, I've got something to say. This part, don't try to run. I can keep up with you. Like, I know, girl. I'm sorry. I'll slow down. I, I just find it very, this song to me is so easy to perform also just as a full-on act out, the literal lyrics. Like, you yeah. can act like you're running. I don't know why this is so valuable to me as a song, as a I will thing. say the, this.
0: Her butt literally never looked better. Flawless. And her it legs, her too. best, butt and the legs and she's all had it. some good butt all over the place but that is her best butt
1: so to me open your heart like again you can act out don't try to run nothing can stop me from trying and then i hold the lock and you hold the key you can act that out and it's that actually is one of the reasons i love this song too is there used to be in college some friends of mine lived at a house off campus that was on parkwood lane or drive or something so we just called it parkwood and they would regularly have Uh, dance parties. And very often these dance parties had 80s themes and there would be balloon arches. And one time we had a 1987 prom... That was the that the prom theme was nothing's gonna stop us now. But inevitably <laughs> at these parties, there would be moments where we would literally act out the lyrics to Saying Almost Fire, which I believe we talked about when we discussed that yes, song with Joe. We did. But Open Your Heart was another one that got literally acted out. And that that connection also makes it me love it even more. And again, mm-hmm. this is this is a song, like I said, I have cascading memories across decades of my life. There's the singing it to my bunnies. There's the dancing it out literally with my friends. I can remember when I first moved to New York uh, and lived in Park Slope, Brooklyn, and was on a run in Prospect Park, and it was maybe the second or third run I'd ever taken, and I was tired. Uh, and then "Open Your Heart" came on, as and I'm not kidding, us the sun came out from behind a cloud, oh and I was god. like, "Oh my god!" And I like kept running. So this song for me gets 16 points, but it
0: only gets two from you, and mm-hmm.
1: that is fine. But oh my god, I love it so yeah, much. Yeah,
0: this era of Madonna generally is not, not great for me. True Blue is even worse. Mm. Like, that's Andrew like,
1: hate. My husband does not like that song. Yeah, either. number
0: twenty one out of seventeen for that one, <laughs> causing a commotion. Though I love that joint, even though it's actually like objectively terrible. And I think that's going to run the uh, same era. What?
1: Uh, no, I object to the objectively terrible comment causing okay. commotion. Uh, do you like the song Who's That Girl? I didn't used
0: to, but it's it's grown on me.
1: Because that was one of the ones that when we had the Madonna block at my wedding, you might recall, Who's Mm -hmm. That Girl was one of the songs that I played in the Madonna block. Right. Because I love it. But that's not on this album either. It was also left off, just causing a commotion. Okay. So after Open Your Heart, we get to the song that is kind of like Who's That Girl, actually. It was the fifth and final single released from the True Blue album. It was also the fifth top five hit from True Blue. So it's Madonna's album with the most top five or even top ten hits on it. Uh, this is La Isla Bonita but we're not listening to any of that. So No,
0: no we're not. So
1: I'm guessing that you <laughs> and I are also going to wildly vary on this.
0: I would like to hear what you think of it. I love Unless
1: this song. Unless you would
0: like the rain first and then a triumph. No, parade. you know
1: what? I'll just say this. I think this song I love it. The video is bad. I'll give you, I'll say that much. The video is stupid (laughs) and probably also kind of like ethnically offensive at this point. Yeah. Not even probably, but (laughs) I just, I think that there's something so seductive about the song. I think that the seductive rhythm of the song really works. I love the ridiculousness of singing about the tropical island breeze. I, 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 but I just find the song so catchy
0: and so much fun to sing along to. And I gave it 11 points. Wow. Um, she sounds she sounds good on this track. I was singing along to it in the car, and it was like, I still know every word. Right. Again, um,
1: that's that's the thing with this album. It's like, my least, even my least favorites, I'm like, of course I know oh, every yeah, word. Oh,
0: yeah, you. Um, She has a, like, I don't know if it's engineering. She sounds much, like, silkier, and she's in a little bit of a lower register, so I'm to try so hard. But this is, like, my least favorite. Sort of favorite kind of calculated Madonna that it's like mm. just be calculated then. This comes off to me like someone at the label was like, "You need a Latin inflected thing so <laughs> that we can Gloria try to Estufan cross over. Really taking off. You it's better just compete. Like a, my notes read, and I quote: "A triumph of soulless construction that sounds like the hotel's dedicated activities channel at Sandals Ciudad Mexico." Sorry, girl. Three points.
1: Ooh, bold claims. Uh, I will say that did you, however, do you remember when she did the acoustic guitar only version on the music
0: or the Drowned World Tour? Uh, I did not see Drowned World oh, Tour. Oh,
1: that was the first of her. To- oh, I misspoke earlier then because that's the first Madonna tour that I saw was okay. the Drowned World Tour. There was an acoustic guitar only version of this song that she did with just herself and three backup singers kicked
0: right. ass that sounds like it would be cool
1: it was and then there was like a or lot like of... a little
0: acapella i don't know like that i don't think the song's totally hopeless like when i say it's calculated like it has been calculated to a mathematical like <laughs> yeah. disappearing decimal
2: like diamond pretty precise. much
0: everything else she does because she works with really good people like it's a good like this would be pretty good hotel channel music but it's still what it sounds like to me
1: fair enough Well, that brings us now to Madonna's, uh, another one of her hugely, at the time, controversial songs. No boy. And the music video that featured featured Madonna in a negligee dancing in front of a field of burning crosses. Madonna making out with a black Jesus. Um, There was a whole narrative about Madonna rescuing... Black Jesus from racist police officers, and there's a lot happening.
0: There's oh, it's all happening. This caused Pepsi
1: to cancel a concert tour that it had dis- agreed to fund mm-hmm. for her. This caused me to think that liking Madonna's music would send me to hell because I was still wow. in the okay. some. I was in the waning but still somewhat strong grip of my uh, religious community that I grew up around. Okay. So I prayed to God the night before I bought this album at Walmart. That if there was anything wrong with me buying this album, he needed to let me know. Mm -hmm. And when I woke up the next morning, I was like, "Okay." And then I went and bought the like prayer tape, and there was no turning back. (laughs) So obviously, this having not
0: been hit by lightning, I proceeded with my pop music education, and I
1: proceeded down my my journey of, I guess it was just my my sexual awakening, my turning away from the one true faith toward the truer secular faith, which was. The like a prayer tape which was scented with patchouli by the way wow and that to me on is that
0: note let's take a break to process that and hear a clip of like, like
1: a
2: prayer, prayer.
0: It gets me chair-bobbing. Oh, my God. And Gospel s- hollering. Love it.
1: And I very specifically chose this section of this song because that key change into the, the – uh, just no choice mm-hmm. your voice. And then the hollering. I can't even speak. I just love it so much.
0: Yeah. It's re- it's real good. Uh, the same construction skill um, that I think unmasks the essential emptiness of something like La Isla Bonita has the opposite effect here. Mm. Um there are a couple of places where I feel like the lyrics are like, okay, like, oh, I'm on my knees. Like, okay, okay, honey. Uh-huh. Like, we can see your nipples and you're making out with a statue. Like, just take one thing off. Not a clothing item. Right. But she looks so beautiful. Uh, the video is like, I mean, it's trying really hard, but you can't take your eyes off it. Um, I feel like any, like, too muchness or trying too hard is like completely from this felt place. And mm-hmm. it's not like, it's not as by design. It's like very much like just enthusiasm. Um, Yeah. I love this song. This is another one though, where I feel like the original mix was better like this. Uh, Eh, in the middle, it just goes on too long. It's like, oink, 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 Like, hey, <laughs> Stacy Q, who invited your ass? And Like, I'm doing the robot in church. That's not, that's not a thing. Um, that said, I had this pretty high. Number seven, 11 points.
1: 11 points. So for me, when you strip away the controversy surrounding the video and all of that Sturman drama... Which does,
0: yeah, seem a little quaint now. When
1: you just listen to this song you get what I feel is not only Madonna's best song, but I really do think it's the best song released in the entire 1980s. Without hmm. a doubt, hands down, this is, to me, the signature song of the 80s. There this is... is her
0: stairway to heaven, for sure. Absolutely. In terms of like the grand ambition it, it, of it, it.
1: To me, it achieves a sense of perfect grandeur. Because yeah. it blends spirituality and sexuality in a way that so many important 80s artists did, a way that Madonna did and continues to do.
0: I prayed for my boobs to look that good. So, and the 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 the, the
1: blending of those two things to me feels so effortless here because the hook of the song is so great. The the it is production, really good. the the production of the song pushes you inevitably toward the gospel stuff which doesn't come until the end. So it's so great that it's really after I, the key change.
0: Yeah, it does have a good ear for its own yeah, it's
1: narrative, a, you're right. There's a key change, a slight change in the tempo of the way that she sings the pre-chorus lyrics, then there's the gospel stuff that comes in, and right. to me, that, it is, and I mean this not as a joke, it's one of the reasons I love the song, it's not unlike an orgasm, you know, like, rising, yeah. rising, rising, explosion. I love it. And the song... You cannot top this song for being able to sing along. This was it's another true. huge Parkwood song, by the way. Uh, th- I also... I I cannot choose between this version of the song that's on the Immaculate Collection and the original to me. They're both flawless to me. And mm. I can't even really be completely objective about th- uh, this song because I have so deeply love this song. I prayed to God before I bought this song. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, this song is so deeply ingrained in me, but it it isn't just my subjective love of the song, though, that makes me make it number one, not only for today, for Madonna's career, and for the entire 80s. I really do feel that it is a pop song without peer. To me, it just, it is, the other thing that I love about it, it is so joyously, effortlessly alive. It's a song that makes you want to keep breathing, in a way, for me, because there's just so much passion and life inside of it. And again, sex and spirituality are the things that make us alive.
0: Well, and if you look at that, maybe I'm remembering this incorrectly, and I'll I'll look it up once we're done recording and see if I can put it in the show notes uh, on our Facebook page, Podcast on Facebook. I think Jenny What's-Her-Nuts from Rilo Kiley Uh might have done an acoustic version of this that was slowed way down. Jenny Lewis. Yes. And I'm, like, not always – she's a little twee for me. Like, I like some Rilo Kiley, but her whatever rabbit for Mercury Lounge thing, I was not into that. But I – think she did a version of this where it was very like slow and just her and a mandolin or something. And I was like, Oh please. But then you listen to it and you're like, this is how good the song is Mm -hmm. that it can be like dipped in this folky bleach, put, put in the dryer on totally the wrong setting and it comes out and it's still itself. Yeah. It's still really good. So yeah. Um, I, yeah, I was glad to get to listen to this one again. And, uh, I have a feeling we will be hearing from that on the podium as well. It it
1: seems possible. Uh, Spoiler. Uh, Before we move on, I do think this is a nice time to remember that this episode was sponsored. And I just want to say, are you dictating your political manifesto, your memoirs, or even your holiday newsletter? Do you need a lecture, speech, or interview transcribed? Then Shira at Uptown Transcription can rock that fat dictation for you for as little as $1 per recorded minute. So contact Uptown Transcription at UptownTranscription at gmail.com for more information. And if you'd like to express yourself via transcription, <laughs> now you know who to call. Mm. Um, and so that, of course, does bring mm-hmm. us to Express Yourself, a video that was directed by David Fincher before he became a big old honkin' movie star, which I think we've discussed before. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't really have a ton to say about Express Yourself in a way. It's like I actually do think that the mix on the Immaculate Collection is a little better than the mix on the original album. It just pumps up the, the industrial thump of the song a little bit more. But for me, it's like...
0: I had the opposite reaction, but okay.
1: But I like this song. I like this song. I know every word. I know that long stem roses are the way to my heart, you know, but he needs to start with my head. I know that. Satin sheets are very romantic, but what happens when I'm not in bed? I don't know. Uh, But, you know, there's just something about it that feels... In the way that Like a Prayer, to me, feels completely emotionally open, there's something almost consciously closed about this song. Yeah. And it keeps me, while I love it, it keeps me from cherishing it, <laughs> to quote mm. another song we haven't gotten to yet. So I'm giving Express Yourself six points.
0: Uh, I have it ranked even lower. This I thought that would be a more controversial placement. Um, I do think this mix makes the um, makes it sound a little thin, mm-hmm. like the, the music and the singing parts. It might be because they boosted the bass and the contrast is not – uh showing it well uh i agree with you that she is very closed and this is sort of like cone boobs era like fritz lang imagery whatever we get it there's nothing wrong with being closed and being a hard ass for the record she can do that very well but i just don't this isn't a sonic experience that i really enjoy that much um yeah I don't like the remix as much and with love for the video, which is a tribute to in some ways, Madonna's own like tributes uh, and to her like gorgeous look and that flawless platinum. I mean, she looks great. She clearly thought about it a lot. I just don't care. And mm-hmm. I feel like it's also become oversubscribed as a, like an anthemic. Mm-hmm. Song like express yourself like not everyone should. I work on the internet and I'm I'm gonna tell you something. D- think twice. Um, I have this in fourteenth. That's four points. Yeah, this, this bridge, okay, like we would hear it in the car, me and my brother, and it's like, who, you, we would just like substitute poo for every word because <laughs> we're those people. Um,
1: get away, I have to
0: poo. <laughs> must get away so I can poo. Yeah, now you're going to do it too, uh, by which I mean poo. Um, I'm interested to hear where you put this because this, like I was saying before, this is not necessarily the greatest look. For her at this point in her career, I don't think like it's sort of like wearing uh, lavender and butterflies after you turn 30. Like you just know that that time is over. I'm not sure I buy that this like profession of a soft hearted romantic core or like ever would have from her. You know, the limo story. Mm -hmm. She'd like pick up these tricks and then drop them off on like Avenue B. And it's like, well, no one's going to believe them like she in her limo just like anyway so the song qua song actually aged way better than i remembered Mm. like it's not great it's not going to be in the top half um that bridge is an active irritant and it's sort of overall not an essential song the merman thing's weird but it's it's well crafted and i was humming along with it by the end so i had this at um Number 10. Eight points.
1: And I I have this, actually, at number 11 with seven points. And for me, I think it is definitely a, an example of Madonna putting on a character mm-hmm. rather than doing something that feels honest. And again, great. Yeah. Put on a character, girl. That's fine. Sure. There are a lot of songs on the I'm Breathless album, which are all overt self-conscious uh, homages to 1940s oh styles and characters God that I like crazy. quite a bit. Jesus. But I just – but, you know, it's like this – for better or for worse, I just am more drawn to uh, other songs. But I have no I have no kick with this song. I'm, I'm not going to kick it out of bed for eating crackers, as they right. say. So, there you go. Okay. That takes us next to, speaking of the I'm Breathless album, the song that was tacked on to the end of that album, even though it was in no way inspired by the movie Dick Tracy or the trends, sounds, and thoughts of the 20s and 30s in the United States. No, in fact, this song was inspired by the dance sensation that was sweeping the drag nation as chronicled in the documentary Paris is Burning. And this is the song that actually made me love pop music. Um, when I, I loved it when I was little and watched a lot of MTV. And then in the summer of 1990, like I had bought the, the Paula Abdul album. I had bought the new kids tape without even really wanting it. I was kind of back on the pop music train by the summer of 1990. But then I heard Vogue coming out of a neighbor's house on the radio, and I thought I've got to hear that song again immediately. And this was also the moment where I was reminded that Madonna existed, because I had kind of forgotten about her when I was in like when I was ten, because they wouldn't play the, the "Like a Prayer" videos on the Nickelodeon Nick Rocks show. But for me, Vogue brought me back into pop music. It really made me a. It started me on my road to lifelong Madonna fandom. I still love Vogue. I can do most of the moves from the video still because I used to stay in it recess and practice, as I said. But now for me, Vogue, it's a great song. And I love listening to it. And I love the like list of old famous movie stars and all of that. But I, I, it, it, at this point, it's so familiar that it's lost some of its life to me. And therefore, I put it basically squarely in the middle and give it nine points.
0: Huh. Uh, I had it I had a much higher. Um, this particular remix is not my favorite. I had this. I had the this is not the same as the album remix, and neither of them is the same as the single, mm-hmm. which had the radio edit mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then the like six and a half minute extended version. And I left that on my dashboard. it melted. Bought it again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I still own the second copy just in case. Because it's like, well, maybe I could just turn that into an MP3. I know she stole an entire subculture.
1: But you know what? Okay. <laughs> I guess I shouldn't
0: have it this hot. But, like, she stole it, like, a generation ago now. So, And also, it's not for me to, like, demand reparations for that. It's Also,
1: Boo so- Boo, if she had not done that... Nobody would be watching Paris is Burning today. I'm that's sorry. true. But that movie is popular because of Madonna. And yeah. And, you know, we can all criticize her all we want for dredging, for pulling it out and turning it into something commercial and mass marketed. But if it weren't for Madonna, the spotlight that's on that culture, I almost feel like would RuPaul's Drag Race exist if Vogue had not come
0: out as a single? Yeah, I wonder. I mean, like Madonna did there so There is like much a PhD thesis in that. Ma-
1: she did tracing. so much for gay culture by releasing this song, including awakening something in Little Gay Me, because mm-hmm. voguing is a very queer thing to watch. And I vogued the house down. And you know what? If, if she stole this culture, then what she did was she mainstreamed gay male sexuality. And I think that that is something that's worth praising.
0: Um, I agree. I also think the song is worth praising. And I have it at number four, 14 points. Sweet. Holler. I didn't know that I thought that, by the way,
1: until right now. Mm-hmm. Like Those thoughts were just occurring to me. Now, oh boy. we're getting to no. the, the, the two new songs that were added to the Immaculate oh, Collection. God. You um, might remember, speaking of controversy, that this was the video of Madonna's that was banned from MTV because it was too sexual. And you had to go buy the video single because Madonna's No Fool. So they wouldn't play your video. She got millions of people to pay for the video on VHS. And that, like
0: there are commercials for like s- the Secrets Resort that are more than that. Like I think maybe you see someone's ass in this versus yeah. a commercial. But like, oh my God, were we ever also, so young?
1: You get the impression that maybe sometimes sex is kinky and people aren't always straight. What? Well, this yeah. of course is "Justify My Love," a number one hit. And let's
2: listen to a sample. Oh, Loving a train, cross country. <laughs> you put this in me, so now what? So now what? Wanting, needing, waiting for you to Just justify you. my love. <gasps>
0: cross country. I love it. Me. she has to specify that. Like we thought you'd be fucking in a New Jersey transit, like car two to <laughs> Milburn. Give me. Look, this is a huge disappointment to me. This song, huge disappointment. It's got a sexy beat, that sexy backing track with like that sort of moaning that could be like, could be sad, could be coming. We don't know what's happening back right. there. This has all the tools for to be a panty dropper and then <laughs> she opens her mouth and starts talking about cross-country trains and running around naked in rainstorms and your dreams am i in them like what a classic madonna question like tell me about your dreams was i in your dreams the whole thing's just so like needy mm. sophomoric saying the words penis and vagina over and over again with this backing would have been sexier than this whatever this is in my opinion just
1: saying the words penis Ross and vagina
0: country that said it is an enormously sexy backing track and if you can get to your like forward button before she actually starts talking about the train it's it's a good first minute and then you just got to bail Twelve. Six points.
1: Yeah, uh this, this song, song sucks. sucks. I hate this song. <laughs> There's
0: uh- <laughs> This song is <gasps> one of
1: the least pleasurable Madonna songs ever released. The only reason it got to number one was because of the controversy about the music video. Uh-huh. Lenny Kravitz co-wrote this song, and then he didn't credit his girlfriend for her contribution, so she sued and got her name on it. And I'm like, why would you even want your yeah, name on no, this? Yeah, no,
0: that's an Elaine Smithy joint right there, Ingrid, her whatever and it, her name was.
1: It's also just like, why did Madonna have this tiny little phase where she needed to just talk? to us like yeah i don't and this album clear this, this song, song i should say clearly presages presages it's the harbinger. Of, it's the harbinger of erotica. The
0: song erotica with the sex and the talking. Yeah, but erotica, which is just like erotica. Here's some erotica: penis, the, vagina, lion but, tamer, <laughs> like <laughs> basketball what <the> hoop. F- <laughs> what the fuck even? But the
1: difference between this song and erotica is that erotica is funny, and this song is not. Like. Yeah. At least there's like a little wit in erotica. And this song I just feel like it's dumb, it's boring.
0: And erotica is like funner to listen to like this if it's not gonna be this like sexy Cocteau Twinsian mantra. Yeah.
1: How many points it did you to give get it? the
0: fuck out? Um Shockingly, six points. I'm
1: giving it one point. It's the oh, only, so that's where we are with that. Okay. It's the only song on the Immaculate Collection that Eagle I do not Eagle-eared
0: like. uh, listeners will realize that uh, Sarah has yet to drop the single point.
1: Which I am startled. But I have to say that I we're very much in disagreement on that. But I will say that the Immaculate – I mean, Justify My Love – I listened to it again for this project, but I otherwise would never listen to this song. Mm-hmm. And I still hated it, even today. Okay. Um, that brings us to the final song the, on the Immaculate Collection.
0: Everything Mark just said, but about this. From mm, Rescue Me. The Rescue Me is the name of the song. Yes, Rescue Me from Rescue Me. But I was like, I haven't actually listened to this in a while. Maybe it's, oh. Because, again, with the talking, and there's like four different songs in a fight. In the middle of this song, which sometimes is fun. um, But I I think my brain just doesn't work like that. Because remember when we were talking about Beyonce and I was like, there's like too much shit happening and I, I can't right. synthesize it. And I don't, like, I just went like fiddlehead fur and like just curled up like, nope, nope, nope. S- same kind of thing. I just, I don't like it. One point. But please explain to me what it is like to like this song because I can't imagine that world and I'm excited to visit it. And I actually quite like this song. I gave it 10 points. Oh, yeah, okay.
1: And uh, and uh, a few years ago, I decided it was maybe one of my top 10 all-time Madonna songs. I don't think that now, but I do love this song. And huh,
0: okay. I, I
1: love, uh, for one thing, I think that the, the, the spoken word portion of this song, the lyrics are just better. There's like a nice, I just think that there's,
0: Low bar, but yes, yes I agree with but you. <laughs> I
1: also just I really love the driving force of the of the beat underneath the song. I'm you know, whereas uh, Justify My Love is really slinky and sort of uh, snoozy, I find that there's mm-hmm. an urgency here that I love. I also love that she actually sings in portions and I actually quite like the lower register growl that she uses. And yeah,
0: no, there's a couple of spots where it's like I like I like the chorus, and then I sort of like the ooh I Ah, I know, me too. But ah, but then it's like, love don't, it's understanding. <laughs> but they don't love quite go contents. together. And there's just, it just aggressively does not work for me. Like, even even worse than, yeah, the end of, the back half of this album is kind of tough for me. But yeah, this, this is my least favorite, I think. I'm surprised. Me, I thought it was going to come ahead of, like, Open Your Heart, but no.
1: Nope. No, no. And I love also when she spells the words Rescue. Rescue me only you can rescue me I'm always here for spelling in a song.
0: Well, and also a little Aretha homage. So, before we take a quick arithmetic break, um let's remind the listeners of what each of us had first and last. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to see we're going to see where we're at. Um I had Into the Groove as my number 1 mm-hmm. and Rescue Me as my number 17.
1: And I had uh, justify my love as my least favorite, and like a prayer as my number one.
0: That is, yeah, that is interesting. I also feel like the two of us should have written down and put in a sealed envelope, a la the like Kreskin. um, what we what we each thought our the others was going to be. But when we do, <laughs> yeah. do when we do G H V, we can we can get to that. All right, folks, uh, stay tuned. Here's a little totally not immaculate Madonna to keep you company while Mark is doing math. While you're waiting. Welcome back. Mm -hmm. Professor Mark has our top and bottom. Yes, I'm pushing my (laughs) non-existent glasses up on (laughs) my nose. I'll do it for you. Um, Has our top and bottom ranked. (laughs) Bottom, that would have improved Justify My Love. Uh, Mark, what did we, let's end on a high note. So what was our, what were our lowest rated songs? So
1: hands down, far and away, by a clear margin, our lowest ranked song was Justify My Love. Okay. Which Which only got got seven seven points. points. Okay. Uh, then, surprisingly, actually, for a song that I really do like, uh, Express Yourself was our next to le- was was next. It was our 16th ranked okay. song. Okay. And, and then, then in a tie for 15th place, so I'm sorry, Express Yourself had 10 points. And then in a tie for 15th place with 11 points each, Rescue Me and Like a Virgin. Huh. I would, I would not have predicted, predicted that Like a Virgin and Express Yourself would be in the bottom when we started me, this process.
0: Neither. I yeah. I really do wish we had done that Creskin thing, but oh well. What can you do? That and I don't know. We're finding this out at the same time that you guys are. <laughs> Dear Live listeners, if anyone is still here an hour and, and a half later. Okay, so the top
1: So we actually have, instead of a three, two, and one, we have a tie for second place. Okay. So tied in second place, but because that's two songs, I'm going to just calling these the top top three. three. Uh, With 28 points each, live to tell, and like a prayer. Oh, very good. And at 30 points... Our number one is... Is it? Get into the the groove, boy, boy, you've got to... to, Which I think
0: is so ironic because it's It's the only song that wasn't a single. It is why I bought that album, and oh my gosh. All these years later,
1: it's still a good reason.
0: It's number one in my heart. Well, it's number two in my heart. Number one in my heart, listeners, is y'all. Yeah. Well, oh, you guys, thank you I so cannot... much for coming on this journey with us. And happy birthday, Mark. I'm so glad that we thought to do this for your birthday. I
1: couldn't have asked for a better birthday present. This was so much fun. Thank you guys for listening. Sarah, this was awesome. Thank you for being as big a geek about this as me. You and guys. thank
0: you, Douglas, for the suggestion. I don't know why it took us this long. We've been doing this podcast nine whole months, and we and only took, now just gestated now. this gorgeous project.
1: So uh, awesome, you guys. We'll talk to you soon. And you
2: can can dance dance. For inspiration
0: inspiration. Come on on, on, on. Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs is hosted by Mark Blankenship and Sarah D. Bunting and edited by Sarah D. Bunting That's me And today's theme song was written by David Gregory Byrne
1: Want to request a song or buy an ad? We'd love that Email us at talkaboutsongs at gmail.com. Hit us up on our Facebook page, mastus.podcast, or tweet us at
0: TalkSongs. We'd also really love to nab a top 100 ranking on iTunes Music Podcast Chart. so if you like the show, can you please head to iTunes and give us a 5-star rating and a good review? It helps our numbers, and it makes us feel really good about ourselves.
1: That is right. So until next time, this is Mark.
0: This is Sarah. And,
1: and this is... Is Mark Mark and Sarah Sarah talk talk about about songs. Oh, my God.